Want entertainment designed just for you? Then check out customizable streaming TV from Xfinity. It makes your life simple, easy, awesome. Xfinity gives you customizable streaming TV options. Enjoy the most free shows anywhere on any device and even access your streaming apps right on your TV with X1. Go to Xfinity.com, call 1-800-XFINITY, or visit a store today to learn more. Restrictions apply. Blog Talk Radio. Um, it's me, your host here, Dr. Ray, on Thursday nights on the Hot Corner. I want to I want to wish everybody a, a happy New Year again for the second time coming around. If you missed our first show, um, New Year, time to get things going. As you know, everybody uses the first as a way to kind of uh, turn a new leaf, so to speak. So, for all you guys out there that had made some re- uh, resolutions, I hope that you've been sticking to them. I hope that you guys have been staying strong when it comes to uh, dietary choices, gym choices, um, organizational choices, whatever the case is, but sticking to those New Year's resolutions and really making them stick. Um, you're about a week away now because it takes, they say it takes 21 days to really make a habit. So if you guys have been working on it, you're about seven, you're about a week, uh, a week away from really cementing that habit in there. So uh, good luck with all those things. I want to welcome everybody into the show again tonight. As usual, the hot corner here on Blog Talk Radio slash ISPSO. Um, I'm your host, Dr. Ray Tomos, got a chiropractic natural primary care office down here in Miami called Frontier Spine and Healthcare. And um, if you guys haven't listened to the show before, tonight's show, um, like we do every Wednesday night at 7 p.m., is all about uh, bringing information to to you guys, the listeners. You know, we talk, we try to talk a lot about current events and the different things that are going on. Uh, you know, throughout throughout the week, um, and, and any new discoveries, any new things that are going on, any current events that are happening, we always try to talk about. But more importantly, we always bring you a health topic. Uh, tonight's health topic is going to be about disc herniations and signs and symptoms, what to do when you have it. You know, how do you know that you're dealing with a disc herniation? All those different types of things we're going to get into. So if you guys have questions about that, go ahead and get that ready for tonight um, because we're going to be getting into that. Um, I want to go ahead and take some time right now to introduce my co-host, the man who makes this all possible, uh, possible, the commissioner of ISPS softball, Mr. Manuel T. Ferrero III. Uh, Manny, how are you doing tonight, sir? I'm doing great, Dr. Ray. How are you, man? Doing wonderful. You know how it is. Wednesday night, 7 p.m., it's a great time. Uh, we always get to talk and uh, keep everybody informed as as, as best as possible. Um, how was your week? How's everything going so far? Man, everything's been going uh, pretty hectic, man. Uh, we've been uh, getting ready for the uh, Winter Worlds coming up in a couple of weeks. Uh, the Bahamas coming up in, in March. We've been going back and forth with the... Uh, 
the people over there, the government over there in the Bahamas. Um, you know, it, it's not as as um, I don't want to say as easy as here in the states because we do run into some problems and some bureaucracy uh, when we're hosting some of these big tournaments over here in the states. But um, yeah, man, it's it's just more bureaucracy, more paperwork, more. Uh, I, I think it's just uh, we're in the 21st century and things shouldn't take so long as as they as they are. So um, you know what can we do, man? But just uh, push on through and keep going, man. Yeah, that's that's pretty funny. You know, with with the internet working at light speed and everything like that. You know, how how do things actually really take so long? I mean, you can get as much information as you want to somebody with the click of a button nowadays, but yet things seem to be taking longer and longer and longer. But you know, I guess with with <clears throat> that added technology and the added speed that we have and the ability to transfer information, we also, at, at this rate, get a lot more information and a lot more uh, things to do in the same period of time, you know. Um, time is the one commodity that we all have the same, you know, no matter who you are. The only difference is what we do with it, you know. So, unfortunately, some things take more time than others, especially when there's bureaucratic interests involved. Um, you know, but speaking of that, how is the voting going for the uh, for the Players Association for the ISPSPA? Well, actually, that's that's over with. It was uh, we're kind of doing it kind of like the government. Uh, now that we're talking uh, talking all this uh, baloney about governments, but um, sometimes you you need to do it um, a little bit like the, the government and do dem- democracy and uh, you know open it up to the people to vote and, and, and vote on their player representative in their community. Um, but we had it, we had it yesterday. It's our own version of super Tuesday. Um, it's going to be, uh, every other year. So the representatives are going to have a two year term with an option to, uh, get reelected, um, and I want to give thanks to everybody that voted. We we I believe we had um almost 200 people voting in in a matter of uh less than 24 hours. Um but it is closed and you could go on our website and check out all the uh all the statistics, all the percentages of who who got the most percentages. It's all divided by regions and by states, by nations, and the winning candidate in each uh, region is going to represent their state or their nation. And there's some na- some states, and I believe a couple of nations that actually have two representatives because of the their population and their size of their softball community so far. Um, but right off the top, I want to give. Congratulations to Roger Otano from Florida. I'm going to go over the Florida since you you were actually nominated, Dr. Ray. Congratulations to you. Uh, you got 4% of the votes overall around the world. So um, congratulations to you. But that wasn't enough to put you in the top two representatives of Florida. That was taken by uh, Roger Otano and Jesus Morales. Jesus Morales, I know because uh, he is the um, one of the uh, Hall of Famers and a bunch of associations. He's an old timer, but he is also one of the um, 
one of the owners or one of the superiors at on the softball boards at uh, floridasoftball.com. So that's a great, great pick by the people as a representative here in Florida. Um, but enough about that. You can go and check out the rest of the uh, voting on ISPSsoftball.com. But congratulations to you, Dr. Ray. I believe you came out in, uh, let me see here, uh, fourth place, fourth place in Florida, Dr. Ray. Look at that. Yeah, not, not too bad, not too bad. Well, uh, I have to say I'm a little bit happy that I didn't get elected. Uh, <laughs> with, with all the things that I have going on right now, it would just be a lot on my plate. I mean, you know, at this point, not only am I running my office, um, but I'm also a board member of the Dade County Chiropractic Society, which takes up some time. I'm also nice. um, I'm also in the consortium for a healthier Miami Dade. Um, and actually, I'm going to talk about that a little bit tonight because I haven't mentioned that before previously on the show, but. Um, it may be something that's beneficial, and maybe you guys out there can help me help out the community here a little bit. And I'm going to get into that in, in a little while, actually. I want to kick off the show with with that um, because it's a really cool thing that we have going on with the Consortium for a Healthier Miami Dade. And um, actually, you know, while, while we're on it, let's go ahead. Um, basically, what the Consortium for a Healthier Miami Dade is, it's a group of people that, that come together and, and we meet, uh, we have teleconferences. Um, and basically, we, we speak a lot with the government and especially with the CDC. And the CDC basically um, has given us a grant. And that grant basically at this point right now is allowing us to actually go to restaurants um, and send dietitians out to restaurants and analyze the menu and come up with basically a healthy side to the menu where there's gluten-free options, where there's options for people that have multiple food sensitivities, um, and for people that just want to try to eat healthy when they eat out. So because time constraints and, you know, people kind of the art of cooking is being lost at this point and both uh, usually men and women have to both um, basically work at this point to support the family, there's that, that whole cooking at home thing has kind of been lost. So in order to help kind of combat that a little bit, because most of the time when you eat out, you're not eating healthy, the Consortium for Healthy Miami Dade has basically created a way for us to help these restaurants uh, develop a healthy menu. So what I'm looking for is if any of you guys out there know any restaurant owners or, or if there are any restaurant owners listening here in Miami Dade, um, what we want to do is basically come out to your restaurant, send a dietitian over there, have them analyze the type of food that you currently serve and come up with some with some you know menu options that are under 500 calories, gluten free, whatever the case is. And we don't want to stop there. We also want to try to help you create a market for that. So we we have an involved uh, we have an, an app involved where you can sign up and you can get on the app. And people that want to eat healthy have this app, and it will pop up all the different restaurants in the area that have these healthy menus. Um, in addition, CBS 4 News is going to be working with us, and we're going to do pieces on each one of the different restaurants that, that become involved with this um, healthier Miami-Dade uh, kind of kind of a, a push that we're making. So the CDC, as I said, get, has given us a grant. Um, we have a pretty pretty good amount of money right now to to uh, and a good budget to really push and advertise and help these restaurants create more of a healthier market. Um, but I think that that's one of the biggest challenges that we face now is that. You know, so most of my patients tell me, oh, I don't have time to cook. You know, but, okay, so when you eat out, what are you doing? Oh, well, you know, I'm eating whatever's out there. 
you know, what I tell people now is don't even look at the menu. Just ask for grilled chicken and vegetables. Um, however, most people aren't going to do that. Most people are going to look at the menu. They're going to get tempted and they're going to give in. So at this point, if there is a healthy option, a gluten-free option, all those kinds of things, it, it'll be much easier for people to get out there and eat healthy um, because they do have that option available. Uh, what do you think about that, Manny? Man, that's great, man. And and uh, is that is that Miami-Dade County or is that a, a particular city of Miami or how – where is that that's CDC Miami, from? That's, that's Miami Dade County. The CDC is actually it's it's uh it's actually a national it's actually a national it's a government it's a government um it's a center for it's a center for disease control and they also take out in prevention. Um, but the CDC is is realizing that a lot of people are developing preventive disease or preventative diseases um, because of lifestyle choices, and so that's why they're helping us now with the consortium for a healthier Miami Dade. Um, to go ahead and, and really make a difference here. So at the consortium, we do all kinds of things. We do health screenings. We do um, we do talks. We do lectures. We do all kinds of different things. Um, we work a lot with Miami-Dade uh, College, um, with some of the local schools and, and different areas like that. But the CDC, which is a government agency, the Center for Disease Control and Prevention, um, has really kind of stepped up to the plate here and, and is helping us out. So we're, we're trying to make a big push. So any restaurant owners that you do know, we don't just want them to develop a healthy menu for for the people. We also want to help them because of the, the, the kind of the, the risk that they're taking at this point to develop a healthy menu is to help them create a market for it as well too. Um, so we're definitely interested in that. So if any of you guys out there know anybody that is a restaurant owner, um, have them give me a call. You know, um, have them send me an email, whatever the case is. And you can find me on Twitter at Dr. Ray P. You can find my website, which is 353HEAL, or you can just Google Frontier Spine and Healthcare, and, and you'll be able to find me, or you can Google, you can Google me either way. Um, you'll, you'll be able to find a, a way to contact me. My office information is out there. You'll probably even find my cell phone number floating around on the Internet somewhere. But regardless, I'm, I'm very easy to get a hold of, um, and I'm definitely looking to help these restaurant owners develop that menu and also try to drive some business their way for, for really um, stepping up to the plate here and trying to help make a healthier Miami-Dade as, you know, my one of my main goals is to start improving the health of the community here. And, you know, a lot of it has to do with nutrition. So this could really be a big, be a big help to the people here of Miami-Dade. No, oh, that sounds amazing, Dr. Ray. And, and um, I, I don't know if, if this is possible, but are, are you guys also targeting uh, fast food places in Miami-Dade or, or this is strictly privately owned restaurants or can you also hit the franchises? Well, you know, the difficulty is is that when it comes to franchising, most orders are done based on, you know, certain logistics that they have already. Um, most franchises don't really need to develop, you know, a healthy menu. They're not really looking to develop a healthy menu, those kinds of things. We're looking more for, you know, the privately owned restaurants in the area um, that are looking for exposure, that are looking for a new crowd, that are looking, um, you know, to, to kind of step up um, and to and to make a difference and, and to kind of get on, on the bandwagon here for a healthier Miami-Dade. You know, unfortunately, we can't go into, you know, Outback, for example, because it, it would be difficult to get an area manager to, you know, see a difference in only one restaurant. And, and so, you know, as far as chains go, I think that we're trying to, you know, kind of maybe stay away from that unless they're privately owned and they can make their own decisions and they don't have to run through corporate. Um, but other than that, I think we're trying to stick mostly to privately owned restaurants. 
Got you, got you. Oh, and that's great, man, for for helping the uh, local community community owner, restaurant owners out there, man. That'll that'll give them a lot of exposure. And and dude, they got to keep up with the times, man. The the times are changing. Everybody's trying to get healthier, uh, eat healthier, more nutritious. Um, and you, if you're not changing you with the times, man, you're gonna you're gonna die, man. So uh, <laughs> man, that's a pretty that's a pretty cool. Yeah, man, that's a pretty cool project, Dr. Ray. Uh, congratulations on – are you on the board? Or are you the chair, or what What are you on that? No, I'm just a member of the consortium. Um, this is this is actually my, my first year as a member of the consortium, and it's been it's been awesome so far, you know, with the uh, the group of people that are working together where we're making a few differences. We've already got a few restaurants on board, and uh, so it's been, it's been going pretty well. Um, and, again, we're trying to impress the CDC as much as we can, and hopefully we can continue the partnership that we have with them, um, and they can continue to fund the consortium so that we can continue to try to help and make a difference down here. That's awesome, Dr. Ray. Well, good luck on that project, man. That's Those are cool projects that I like to be to see out there in the community, especially our own community down here in South Florida. Definitely. Awesome. And, you know, that, that's, really the, that's really the biggest goal, you know, is that, you know, I, I do what I do because I care a lot about about people's health, and I, I know the way that the medical system is right now, and I'm simply trying to provide an alternative and a way for people to actually be healthy instead of, you know, just simply medicating themselves until they need a surgery or, or until their quality of life is so poor that, you know, they're just sitting in a chair in a hospital or, you know, when a machine is running their organs or whatever the case is, you know, but <clears throat> there is a lot more that can be done to help our, to help out and, and to actually take care of our health. It's just a difficult task, you know, and, and there's a lot that goes into it. There's a lot of stones that need to be overturned. But, you know, for you guys out there that haven't heard the show before, I talk a lot about physical, chemical, and emotional. You know, so physically we want to assess what's happening with the body. Chemically we want to assess what's happening internally. And then emotionally it has an effect on both of those, you know, so... You, you can't really get health care if your doctor is not taking a look at all three of those aspects. So that's really the main the main focus in my office. And the treatment plans that I develop all have, you know, part of that aspect there so that we can balance all three of those. And then the power that made the body is the power that heals the body, which is which is amazing. As long as you're alive, you've got that ability to heal from, from just about anything. You know, the, the only problem is, is that we're constantly exposed to stresses, to the same types of things that they are that are what create our symptoms in the first place. So it's my job to try to remove the things that cause problems and supplement and add in the things that, that the body's lacking or that it needs to get back to that balance. And then once it does so, that's when we can see all kinds of symptoms, you know, just dissipate. You know, and what people forget is that symptoms are a language that our body's speaking um, and, and telling us that there's a problem somewhere. You know, if everything was working fine, we wouldn't need a symptom. You know, so when a symptom comes, that's a normal thing. But a symptom should also be leaving. That's abnormal if it stays. So chronic symptoms should definitely always be evaluated. If you're listening and you've had uh, a symptom for over a month now or over two months or, or if you've had it for years, that's something that you want to get checked out. And don't satis- don't be satisfied with there's nothing wrong. You know, we can't find anything wrong. If you have a symptom, there's a reason for it. If if they can't find anything wrong, then they're they're not the doctor for you. You need to try to find somebody that can give you an explanation for what you have. And if you can't, feel free to reach out to me to me as well too. I do a lot of um, I don't want to call it telemedicine, but a lot of consultation over the phone, over Skype, or whatever the case is. I have patients in the Cayman Islands, in Canada, 
in South Carolina, all over the place. Um, and, and I basically just consult with them and try to help them get as healthy as I can, even though they can't actually come into my office and see me. You know, I refer them to doctors in their area, to chiropractors in their area, and, you know, I, I ship them whatever test they might need or whatever might be going on. So, you know, just because you're not here down south in Miami doesn't mean that you can't get help if you don't know where to find some around you. Um, so I would definitely suggest that to anybody that's listening here um, as well to feel free to reach out to me, send me emails. Um, you can reach me on Twitter again, as I mentioned, at Dr. Ray T. Uh, my email is real easy to remember. It's Dr. Ray at 353heal.com. Remember that the website is 353heal.com. Um, or you can just Google Frontier Spine and Healthcare or Dr. Ray and you'll find me one way or the other. Um, but this whole natural primary care thing is is not not very easy to find. Um, I believe I'm, I'm the only provider in South Florida that's doing this. Um, and so because of that, not many people even know that it exists. So that's kind of the big thing. So if you guys have family down here and you know that, you know, they're, they're not getting the health care they need or their doctors aren't taking good care of them, you know, have them, have them give me a call, and, and I always can do a consultation over the phone for no charge. And if somebody wants to come in or they actually want to sit down and have me take a history with them and, you know, do an exam or whatever the case is, I, I'm, I'm more than happy to do that. And, uh, you know, that's really what I'm, what I'm hoping to do for as many people down here as possible that are interested in investing in their health and, and predicting disease and preventing disease and, and staying as healthy as they can, not to live longer, but to live better and to have a good quality of life. That's really the main thing. Uh, you know, is quality of life. When when you're on all these medications and, and all these things are happening, you know, you're great, you're not in pain, but you're not really living life either. You know, you're just kind of like a zombie walking through with no emotions and with a decreased immune system and a decreased nervous system and, you know, your brain chemicals are changed and all these things are happening. So, yeah, you're not depressed and you don't get low, but when do you ever feel happy? When do you ever feel good? You know, so many people just don't even remember what feeling good actually feels like. And to me, that's a shame. You know, so um, and, and that's really why why I do what I do. So if that hits home, or or if it reminds you of anybody in your family, please, you know, feel free to call in and ask any questions, or send tweets, or send text messages to Manny, or however it is that you want to get a hold of us. But please go ahead and get a hold of us so that we can help out um, as best as we can. That's why we're doing this show here tonight. That's why we spend an hour every Wednesday night. We take the time out of our Wednesdays to to go ahead and provide these services for you guys because we know that. It's necessary, and we know that that it's hard to find. And so, hopefully, we if we can help a few people, then it's all worth it, you know. So, um, you know, I, I know that on, on tonight's show we wanted to talk a lot about uh, you know the national championship, and we always talk about sports. Um, but I figure we're kind of on a roll here with the health topic. So why don't we just go ahead and get into the health topic for the night, which is disc herniations, and then we can go ahead and finish up the show and we can talk some sports. How does that sound, Manny? Sounds great, dude. I was going to ask you about the. Uh... A herniated disc. Um, I've heard it before, and I was I was um, I was curious about it for tonight's show, um, Doctor Ray. What what is? Tell me what is the definition of a herniated disc? Because I don't even know what that even means. Okay, perfect. Well, I'll break it down so it's real easy. Um, basically, in your spine, you have your spine, which is made up of bones. They're called vertebrae. And in between each one of these vertebrae is a disc. And that disc has two parts. It's got a, a fibrous ring around it, and it's got like a gelatin, jelly type of thing on the inside of it. And, and it basically works like a shock absorber. So imagine in between all the bones in your spine, you've got seven in your neck, 
you've got 12 in your mid spine and you've got five in your lumbar or your low back. So overall you've got those 24 vertebrae. And in between those all is a disc. And that disc, again, picture it like a jelly donut. So picture you have all these jelly donuts in between your bones and they work like shock absorbers, as I mentioned. So when you're running and you're jumping and you're standing all day, these jelly donuts or these discs are basically supporting your body, absorbing shock, and, and protecting and, cause, and actually allowing you to move and have motion. You know, if your spine was just one stiff rod, you wouldn't be able to bend or twist or do anything. Because all these bones are broken up into vertebrae and they all kind of join together a little bit differently, we have the range of motion that we have in our spine where we can bend and we can twist and we can turn and we can lean back and we can, you know, and we have a different different bit of motion throughout the entire spine and it's because of the way that all these joints coexist and, and come together in the spinal cord, or not in the spinal cord, but in the spinal column, excuse me. The spinal cord is actually in the middle of all these vertebrae. So not only do they allow us motion and absorb shock, but they also protect. So the spinal cord running between all of these vertebrae is what can become damaged when you have a disc herniation. So when you have a disc herniation, basically it's like imagine you're pushing down on top of a jelly donut and you're pushing and you're pushing and then all of a sudden some of that jelly comes out. That's what a disc herniation is. Now, there's multiple levels to a disc herniation, and there's multiple names for a disc herniation. You've probably heard slip disc, or you've heard disc bulge, or you've heard disc protrusion, or you've heard disc prolapse, or, you know, there's there's a bunch of different names. I don't know if I mentioned it already, but slip disc, you know, so all these things out there all mean disc herniation. Um, medically, there's different grades or different levels that we talk about. Um, however, when you hear those terms, they're, they're all kind of interchangeable. So when we look at a disc hernia, it can, it can you know, range, obviously, in severity and, and also in location. So there's, there's posterior ones, which means they go straight back. There's lateral ones, which means they go to the sides. Um, you know, there's anterior ones, which are, which are extremely, extremely bad. Um, but there, there's all different ways that you can get these kinds of disc herniations. Um, a lot of them come from having a degenerated spine and then having some sort of an impact or a trauma. So, you know, one of the things that weakens the back is twisting, for example. So how many times have you heard of somebody, like, twisting to pick up a suitcase and then all of a sudden their back locks up on them? That's a disc herniation. Anytime that you have, a, like, an extreme muscle spasm or if you look at your body and all of a sudden your body looks like it's curved and you have back pain, that's a, a disc herniation to a level. And what's going on is your body is basically creating a splint using its muscles to protect you from putting more pressure onto that jelly donut or onto that disc so that you don't continually herniate it and make it worse. So basically a disc herniation is an injury to the disc in between the vertebrae that, that can sometimes put pressure on the spinal cord or on spinal nerve roots. And depending on how much pressure it's putting on them is going to be how much pain you have, what type of a situation you end up in. Did that make sense to you, Manny, or is there something where, I, is there an area where I lost you there? No, I totally, I totally understand. I just wouldn't have, I uh, wouldn't have used a uh, jelly donuts analogy, but uh, yeah, I, I get it. I get it. Um, a question for you, Dr. Ray, what about an inverted table? I have an inverted table in the back of my house. I use it once in a while. I uh, I turn fully upside down, 180 degrees, where my feet are completely up in the air. 
is that good for for herniated disc to like you know I guess uh, do the opposite of gravity and pull pull the uh, vertebrae apart? You know, as a matter of fact, inversion tables can be effective, um, and they and they can help to uh, the the term that we use actually there is called decompress. Um, because as you're standing up, you're, you're getting a compressive force from gravity. So when you flip upside down, that can actually help out. However, that's good if you don't really already have an injury. If you have an injury there, you can actually pull on the disc material. You can sometimes make things worse. A lot of times when you flip over and you, and you come off of those things and your disc should just be compressed and then you step down on the floor again or, or whatever the case is, you can actually injure yourself a little bit more. So... I do recommend um, inversion tables to some people unless they have really bad backs or they have injuries already that are bad because the ligaments aren't necessarily used to, to having that type of a force on them. So if you stretch your ligaments out, you could potentially be creating more of, a, of, an, of an injury possibility for your back, and that's something that we definitely want to avoid as much as possible. Great, man. I I, I love my inversion table, man. I do it. I don't do it so much because it's recommended not to do it so often, but maybe once a week, twice a week, I do it. I spread it out, and uh, it's. I don't even. I don't even have to be on there that long. Only uh, maybe thirty seconds, sixty seconds, uh, fully, fully inverted, and it's great for my back, man. And I, I feel a couple inches taller after I get off. <laughs> yeah, definitely. No decompression is excellent, and and I'd say that that's actually about the frequency that I recommend. You know, nothing more than two minutes, uh, nothing more than a few times a week, um, because once you start getting more aggressive than that, again, the ligaments can can kind of start to you can, you can kind of backfire the treatment there a little bit. But um, again, that's if you no, don't already and, have uh, an injury. The blood, the blood rushes to your head, and you could pass out. And that's another thing. And then if you pass out and you're hung up on there, I mean. All kinds of things can happen bad. So I would say, you know, as a precaution, if you're going to use an inversion table, make sure that there's someone around that can come and check on you at least. I uh, wouldn't do it, you know, home alone or anything like that. I would just, you know, do it under supervision. And, you know, the thing is, is that your spine, there's, there is no spinal transplant. You know, there's, once your spine is injured and once you have spinal problems, it's something that, that's going to cause you problems for, for your whole life, which is why when these people get in car accidents, they end up getting these huge settlements because, Spinal problems never never really leave you alone. You know, they're always going to require treatment. They're always going to cause pain. They're always going to create disability. And, and that's something that, that I try to urge people as much as possible. You want to get regular chiropractic care. You've got one spine. Take care of it. You know, if you don't brush your teeth or floss your teeth, okay, great. You can get implants. You cannot get a spinal implant. You know, that's the biggest thing. You know, same thing with your car. Okay, you don't ever do an oil change in your car. Great. If your engine breaks down, you can buy another one. You cannot buy a new spine. You cannot do a spinal implant, you know. So it's the only one that we have, and it's and it's the way that our body takes care of itself, you know. So it, it's super, super important to go ahead and, and get that taken care of. Um, definitely, man. Definitely. So I think I think I see that we have a caller on the board. Um, did you say that we uh, have a caller on, on the line there, Manny, at all? I believe so. Caller, you're you're live on the air with Dr. Ray. Hey, what's going on, Ray? Hey, how we doing? Good, man. John Fisher. Hey, John. How's it going, buddy? Good, man. I saw, I saw you guys talking a little bit about herniations and all that kind of stuff. and uh, I feel like I know a little bit. And actually, I, I just found out I got a pretty extensive herniation myself. 
There we go. Okay, so um this is a great a great, you know, spot to have you come in here. Not only do you um not only do you, you know, work with these on a regular basis, you know, in your personal injury practice, but at the same time you you actually have one. Um so you know, you can kind of tell people about some of the symptoms that you that you felt um, you know, and some of the experiences that you've had up to this point and and you know what it is that you're going through. Um, you know, so f- feel free go ahead and and tell us a little bit about what's going on. Um, yeah, you're right. I do see, um, you know, in my practice herniations quite a bit and and it's a very serious injury. Um, you know, like you talked about, I like the point that you do only have one spot and once you have these types of injuries, there, there is no, there is no going back. Um, the jelly donut is actually a perfect analogy with the exception of it's a jelly donut, like you said, with the harder, the outer shell. And once that's that's ruptured, there's no really repairing that. Um, and, you know, you want to take as much care as you have. A lot of times, like what I had is, you know, even now I had the tingling, you know, a lot of the, 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 the neurological problems associated with the herniation in my, in my fingertips, down my arms, pain in different areas, you know, into my shoulder that I thought was from my shoulder, but really it's from my neck. Um, you know, and, and those are the type of things that, you know, I, I'm not ex- really experiencing to a to a lesser degree now, but, I mean, it's still there. And if I'm looking in a certain direction, you know, I, I after a long period of time, I have pain. If um, I move in a certain direction, you know, I have pain. And that's just, that's what you have. I mean, it's, it's a constant, you know, problem that right now they've recommended, you know, look, I can do the steroid injections, I can do all that kind of stuff, but you know that just it <clears throat> increases the degenerative process and it's only like a Band-Aid, you know, and, and ultimately, you know, in, in surgery is, is maybe my end result um, if these pain symptoms don't alleviate. So. And, you know, and, and that's exactly why it's so important to make sure that you actually do, you know, and, and it can happen to so many people, but... You know, taking care of your spine is important in the fact that the right structure right structure to your spine will protect you more in the event of an accident, in the event of a trauma, you know, in the event of something that you can't really prevent from happening. You know, if you have a military neck, um, that puts more compressive forces into your neck. And what's a military neck? It's basically when you lose the curve in your neck. So, you know, a lot of chiropractors claim that that they help to increase curve in the neck and do all those kinds of things. But really, limiting inflammation in the joints of the spine with with regular adjusting can help to create more flexibility to make the areas basically receive an impact or a trauma a little bit better. Um, And that's why chiropractic can, can help to reduce a lot of these spinal injuries and prevent them in the event of an accident, a trauma, or whatever the case is. You know, um, John, I'm not sure if you've tried anything, but, you know, cervical traction, you know, decompression of the joints is is a great way to help. Um, You know, your immune system will actually try to to basically eat up that herniated disc material and then deposit it back in to where it's supposed to go. Um, If your body's healthy enough to heal, it it will get that done. Um, however, sometimes, you know, your immune system is dealing with so many things and you have these constant stresses and, you know, we have to do all this extra work and it's difficult to actually heal from these herniations. But, um, you know, you definitely want to try to, to exhaust as many conservative routes as you can as far as um, chiropractic, physical therapy, and those things go when it comes to a herniation because 
you know, the prognosis of surgery is, is not even that is not even that great sometimes. You know, so for some people it goes completely away. And for some people they're in the same boat and for some people they're a little bit worse. So, you know, I don't know the exact percentages off my off the top of my head because I'm not a surgeon and I don't deal with it that often. But what I do know is that um there's there's a pretty rigorous recovery. Um <coughs> Sometimes it can be costly. You know, there can there can be some some down downsides to that. So, again, the biggest thing that we can do is try to prevent as much as we can. You know, so that's really what I'm advocating for here at this point is take care of your spine. You only have one, um, and and you know you just got to take care of it at that point. Um, so, John, you know what what kinds of what kinds of things have you done so far uh, to try to help out with that herniated disc? Well, I mean, I would agree with you that my – as conservative as possible, I mean, you know, I'm big on going – trying amino acid surgery is really the last resort, and, and, and you've got to be severe – I would say severe problems with my enjoyment of life for me to consider surgery. So I started out um, doing chiropractic treatments, doing the physical therapy, strengthening the muscles in and around the neck, uh, the upper back, the arms, doing the um, therapeutic massage – you know, the heat, electric stem, kind of for the pain management, which really, I mean, that that, that stuff helps. Um, you know, being mindful of my posture, um, positioning myself, things like that, that will help me uh, to to really to really deal with the with the symptomology that I'm experiencing. Um, you know, my wife had a similar instance. You know, she had a herniation, and and she was a massage therapist, and it really you know, prevented her from, from continuing in massage therapy because it caused too much pain. Um, you know, so sometimes just changing your lifestyle and things you do can help you cope with, with the, the realities of having that herniation. Um, you know, I, I think in my, because my, I have a couple of the back um, that, you know, I'm going to be doing injection therapy for because, I, you know, I don't really know what I can do for that. But, you know, the neck has seen it's kind of leveled out and, and maintaining that. And like you said, strengthening the muscles around helps support, you know, the good posture and all that, which get, which, which which has been helping. And that's 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 kind of where I'm at in my progress. Well, that sounds good. You know, um, one thing that I would, that I would you know, urge you um, to be cautious about is, when you do get these these um, injections and the pain blocks, you want to be careful with doing more than than what you know that your body can handle at that point. Right now, pain is going to limit you from causing more problems. However, when the pain is blocked and your nervous system is no longer telling you that there's a problem there, we have a tendency to go back to our regular life to do a lot of the same things that cause us to have our injury in the first place. And when that happens... The, the the injury can tend to get worse. The herniations can tend to get worse, and uh, you know at that point, once that once that epidural shot wears off, sometimes you can find yourself in a worse spot. What I would say is, when you get that injection, take that time to really work on strengthening the area, protect the area, you know, and and just eat as well as you can. Work on your nutrition. Work on all those things so that as that as that medication and as as that shot wears off. You know, your body can learn how to handle itself and, and learn how to how to heal from that herniation, and hopefully it will be doing that during the time that you're not experiencing the pain. Yeah, I mean, I, I think, you know, that's definitely good. So let me ask you this question kind of for my own benefit. I mean, when you do the, the steroid type, the cortisone, you know, the injections in the spine, or if that's, I don't know if that's the first step before the epidural, I mean, does that, 
begin or increase uh, the degenerative effects that could be taking, already taking place in one spine? You know, I don't think that the shot itself does. I think it's the fact that when you have that shot, you, you tend to, to put more wear and tear into that area, and that's what ends up causing more of the degeneration at that point. Um, however, it has been my experience that most people that do end up getting these shots, you know, down the road end up having more more degeneration. You know, now, was that going to happen anyway without the shot because of the herniation in that area? You know, that's another thing that, that I, I don't know. I don't know what the literature or the science says about that, so I can't really comment on it. Um, but in my opinion, I think that if you, if you can't work, if you can't do the things that you need to um, because of that pain and conservative therapy isn't working, it's the next logical step. You know, but I would definitely recommend doing the chiropractic, the physical therapy, and those things before you consider doing one of those injections because of the, the potential for, for the, the accelerated degeneration there. You know, I kind of call it like a precursor to surgery once you get to that level that you're getting those. You're basically delaying the inevitable at that point. Um, you know, so, and, and that's why, you know, when I treat people, it's not just chiropractic and it's not just physical therapy. It's also making sure that their immune system is as balanced as possible so that, that their monocytes and their white blood cells can try to work on those disc herniations as best as possible. You know, it, it's about making sure their body is as healthy as possible because you can heal from a disc herniation. You can definitely heal from a disc herniation. I've had people come into my office with disc herniations, you know, and I'm looking at their MRIs and I'm like, wow, I don't even know how this person's walking. And they've been able to be completely pain-free after that. You know, so the body will definitely heal. It just has to be in the right position to, to do so. And, and the right therapies and the right things need to work for certain people. And certain individuals don't respond to the same type of thing over and over, um, which is also one of the reasons why I think that, you know, a lot of people end up going to these personal injury clinics where it's a therapist in there that's not even a chiropractor and, and you know, they're putting them on heat and stim and they're helping with the pain, but then the pain comes right back and with that treatment, they're, you know, they're in the same spot they were before they're not doing anything to actually heal or get better. They're just trying to decrease pain. Um, you know, so I think that that is sometimes can be can be kind of mismanaged patient care. That you know, sometimes it can be kind of you know, and not the best option for, for people. You know, um, unfortunately, I can't tell you how many people I have that come in and say, "Oh, you know, I got in an accident years ago and I didn't really have any problems then, but now is when I'm feeling it." You know, so if you do get into an accident, I definitely urge you to, you know, within 14 days, make sure that you seek, a, you know, a healthcare uh, professional's opinion. And, you know, I wouldn't, if you're not getting better in one place after, you know, a few visits, I would recommend maybe trying to get another opinion, you know, 100%. You know, unless they, they really seem genuinely interested in, in helping you get better, you can talk to the, to the doctor and to the people there and, and, and voice your concerns. You know, that's, that's the type of clinic that you want to be at. You know, not one where you walk in and people don't speak the language that you speak and, you know, nobody can seem to help you out or answer any of your questions and you just feel like a number. Um, I, w I would say that you want to try to stay out of there and you want to try to go somewhere where, where people definitely have your interest, your best interest in mind. I know that that was kind of a long way to answer the question, but did that take care of it? No, 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 I did, actually. I mean, those are, those are all... In addition to that answer, I mean, you, you raised and, and posed legitimate um, issues and, and concerns with, with getting treatment. Because, you know, my accident, mine was the result of a car accident, you know, and, and I made sure that I documented. I went to like an urgent care that night just to document the injury um, in, in the case of that my symptoms did not get better by themselves, which they didn't. And then, you know, here I am. 
exactly. And, you know, and, and that's exactly what you want to do. You want to, you know, document the injury and make sure that you have it because, un- unfortunately, you know, we all pay insurance and we all have coverage, but, you know, insurance does as much as they can to protect their bottom line as well, too. You know, they are a business. And, you know, if they can deny a claim because of a, because of a you know, a 14-day waiting period, then, you know, they'll do their best to do so. Um, so, you know, uh, again, in order to make your life as easy as possible, reduce stress as easy as possible, anytime you get in an accident, if it's over 10 miles an hour, you want to get a checkup, you want to get evaluated, either go to the hospital and say that you got in an accident or, you know, call up your chiropractor and tell him he got into an accident, that you got into an accident, excuse me, not that he did. Um, and they should know how to take care of you there. Um, if you guys are down here in Miami, I'd be more than happy to help take care of you. Um, again, I do see a lot of people that are in accidents and, and the whole goal is to get them as healthy as they possibly can. You know, um, I try to get them even better than they were before the accident. Um, and if your clinic isn't doing that for you, then, you know, you may want to try to get a, a second opinion there. <clears throat> so, um, anyway, we, we kind of spoke a lot about disc herniations right now, um, but... You know, kind of moving away from that topic a little bit, John. I did want to ask you your opinion about that, uh, about that national championship this past Monday. Did you get to see that? You know, I did. That's actually one of the reasons I called. I thought you were. Uh, I didn't want to miss it. Talk about the national title game because I do want to say this. You know, for everyone who's listening, obviously they know where my main loyalties lie. Ohio State had one loss this year. Do we all know who they lost to? Uh, v Tech. Yeah, Virginia Tech. You know, that's uh, you know, that's. Just, just wanted to make sure in case people forgot, you know. <laughs> just wanted to make sure. Yes, sir. Go hoping. <laughs> wow, um, listen no, to I... this guy, bro. <laughs> <laughs> no, hey, I, let I me ask you something, John. Are, John, are you are you in a, a a hurricane or a thunderstorm or something? What's going on in your background, man? <laughs> well, am I? <clears throat> no, no, I'm, I'm driving yeah, you, the car you. right now. Driving in the car, and I remember the last discussion we had a couple, uh, you know, weeks ago. Uh, you got you're on Bluetooth right now. That's why, you know, hands free, hands free. Oh, good, good, and that you don't get pulled over or anything. Yeah, when you're driving, you definitely want to use that hands free. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I saw the game. Uh, great game. Ohio State's a hell of a team, and you know, he, the scary thing about it is they're young and they're going to be good next year too. You know, I mean, that game should have been, you know, 63 to, to whatever, 20 or whatever, 21. You know, with the butt for those four turnovers. Yeah, you know, I don't know how they were able to survive all those turnovers and Florida State wasn't. Yeah, I don't, you know, that game was just, the defense allowed Oregon to capitalize on the, on those uh, turnovers. I mean, look, I, I'm an ACC you know, my loyalties obviously start with Virginia Tech. Next is Miami, both of my schools that I attended. But, you know, I wanted to see an ACC team in the finals every year. You know, um, I'm glad there was no SEC team in it again, you know, this year for the first time in, what, almost 10 years. So that, that for me, is an accomplishment, at least for the college football playoff. Um, you know, and oh, I, I, I you know. Go ahead. No, no, I was going to say it needs to be expanded, I think, to more than four. But, I mean, that's that's obviously not going to be touched for the next five years. So I think it's a good start in the right direction. I think so, too. And, you know, the fact that the number four seed won it 
I mean, that, that that validates everything. I mean, this year the championship in the, in the BCF there probably would have been Florida State versus Alabama. You know, so the final was actually the two teams that wouldn't have made it, in my opinion. You know, so it, it's definitely a testament to it. You know, what do you think about that whole that whole four seed uh, winning the whole thing, Manny? What do you think about that? I can't believe it, man. It should have been the U, man. You know, I'm all about the U, baby. And next year, no worry, next year we got it. We got it. 2015, baby. It's all about the U. <laughs> well, I mean, listen, I mean, if we're going to start talking about U football and, and I think the direction that this program needs, that the program needs to go, you got to get a new defensive coordinator in there. Got to. Um, you know, Miami gives up. You know, I mean, let's start. Well, we could stay away from them signing the contract with Adidas and moving away from Nike. I mean, yes, it's more money, but they were one of the original Nike schools. Um, you know, I don't know. Miami's got to open it up, let Kaya play a little more. You know, but six and seven down here in Miami, that's not going to cut it. You know, I mean, it needs to get. You know, how many they can't keep making thirty for thirties and remind us of how great Miami used to be. I mean, we want to get back there, and you know. I'd like for it to be hell. I mean, local going to the games. I got some season ticket holder. I'd love to get those games back to where they were. Now, John, let me yeah. ask you: What about the um, the bowl game that happened at Marlins Park? Um, you think you think Miami should move over to Marlins Park, a little bit more intimate stadium, um, and, and the original site for the Orange Bowl? I know I know you're in a thunderstorm right now, but uh, let me know what you feel about that. Um, The short answer, no. I mean, Marlins Park, it's a baseball stadium. It's not a football stadium. They could have the bowl game there because they were two, you know, irrelevant teams. Um, You know, it's only seats 36,000, you know. It should have been the Orange Bowl, still should be there is what I should be. But we have to stay at Dolphin Stadium. Yes, I think it kills the overall city behind them. But, you know, the true fans, I mean, they're still out there, and they still get a good crowd. And I think, you know, just like with any Miami team, it's fair-weather fans. If they're doing well, everyone will be there. If they're not doing well, it'll it'll be no matter where they are. So, um, I want to – as much as I'd like to turn back time, because I missed it. You know, I didn't even get to experience it. I came the year right after they just – when they were tearing it down. So, you know, I missed out on that season, and that's unfortunate. Oh, man. Wow, that that's one stadium I'll never forget it, and not just the stadium because the stadium was kind of run down; it was all rusted up. But the the experience, the uh, the feeling that you get in a big game, and I, I was able to experience some big games there. Um, man, it was it was amazing those games at the old the old Orange Bowl, man. Yeah, you know I gotta I gotta admit, even though I'm not a Miami fan. Um, going to that Orange Bowl, there was definitely something there. There was an aura there. There was, you know, something about that stadium. And actually, the first game that I ever went to, um, I think it was in 1993 or 1994, 1995, one of those years. But it's when they lost the game to Washington at home that broke their their win streak, um, their home game win streak. And uh, I think that's why I, be, that's, I think that's why I became a Seminole fan, uh, because they lost that game. 
Dude, I thought you I thought you were a Seminole fan because you went to that school, bro. What, what's going on? What's up with these double double stories? Are you a double agent, Dr. Ray? I've been a Seminole fan since way back when, man. I, I was a Seminole fan before I went to school there. That's actually why I went to school there. So you went to school because Miami lost in the Orange Bowl to Washington? I think so. <laughs> Oh man! Oh well, it take it takes a no to no no, I guess. A no is a no, and there's nothing you can do about it. I know, dude. All is good. It's all about the U next year, baby. I I just, dude, I don't know, man. I I'm not I'm not convinced with uh, Golden. I think the Golden era is uh, is gone. It was never golden at all to begin with. Uh, it was more like a uh, like a bronze era or something, man. Maybe we gotta we gotta evolve. We gotta get a Jimmy Johnson or a Butch Davis, another hard nosed um, coach out there that'll that'll change things up, man. I don't I don't know what's going on there with Golden. Well, I tell you, he hasn't done a bad job recruiting. You know, the problem is is, is that they're not developing players, and we've had this conversation before. You know. And not only are they not developing players, but the players that they're recruiting are either transferring or they're dropping off the team because of ineligibility or whatever the case is, you know. So, you know, although he's getting good recruits, are they the right type of recruits for the program? You know, I don't think that they're doing a good job evaluating players and, and getting them in there and, and really developing them. And I think that's why you need a new coaching staff. You know, um, also, you know, the rumors out there, that Duke Johnson's mom said that, you know, half the team would transfer if they were, if they could because of, of eligibility. You know, I mean, that's a, that's a cancer. You know, that's something that's going to kill your program. Recruits are going to read that and say, I don't want to go play for that guy. I'd rather go, you know, up to the 850 and play for Jimbo where they're in the national championship picture every year, you know, and they're winning ACC championships every year. I want a ring every year, you know. That's what they're thinking. You know, oh, come on now. Wait, wait, wait. I'm going to jump in on there. Y'all just started getting good last couple years. I'm pretty sure hey, I remember man. the last ACC championship before last year. Virginia Tech played Ohio State, and we beat y'all about 42 to 24 or something like that. So, but uh, every team has their turn. We've we've actually Yee-haw! won the last three. <laughs> the, the last three ACC championships have been won by the Florida State Seminoles, uh, as a matter of fact. And ever since Jimbo Fisher came back into there, um, it's been a winning program. I mean, he's got I think the best the the best uh, percentage the best uh, regular season uh, percentage since he, since he became the head coach. You know, I mean, there's a lot of really good things happening up there. And, and you know, Bobby Bottom, you know, the, the time was ending at that point, and, you know, we took a, a, a downturn for sure. Um, and I remember having the discussion with everybody, you know, like who's good, who's going to be back first? You know, is FSU going to be back? Is UM going to be back? You know, maybe we're not going to be in the championship every year, but, you know, we're going to be competing, you know, at, at a high level, and we're going to be in, in the top 25, you know, as far as what I'm seeing, you know, the, the level of the recruits that we're getting and the way that they're developing those players and the, and the kind of culture that they've developed up there, I think that's what Miami is lacking. They're they're lacking that culture, that championship culture, you know, that expect-to-win type of an attitude. You know, they invented swag, but, you know, it, it seems like they invented it and everybody else stole it and made it better at this point. You know, I, I, w- I would agree with you, and you know, but I look at the ACC as a whole, and I think the conference is getting a lot stronger. You look at the the bowl games and what was done by Georgia Tech, uh, Clemson. I mean, you know, these, these Georgia Tech, Clemson, Virginia Tech, Florida State, Miami's going to be. I mean, I think that you know, 
the stronger the programs in the conference, that's what I want. You know, I want Florida State to win every game, you know, almost every game. I want Clemson to do well. I want to see these teams battling so, you know, we can get to what I think is the equivalent of the SEC. Um, you know, but that's just me. We don't need to get into that discussion. No, I'm with you 100%. You know, people are always asking me, why are you rooting for Miami? Why are you rooting for Virginia Tech? For that same reason. I want these teams to win every game until we play them because if they win, our strength of schedule is better. The conference looks better. You know, I can't tell you how many times, you know, I would I would be talking to Gator fans and they'd be like, oh, whatever, you play in the ACC, you know. I'm like, it, it doesn't matter. We're still undefeated. There's teams that play in the FBS that aren't undefeated right now. You know, it's hard to go undefeated, especially two years back-to-back. It doesn't matter what conference you play in. You know, it's hard to go undefeated against the practice squad. You know what I mean? So it's it's an accomplishment that you can't neglect, but it's also one that that could be more impressive had the strength of the conference been, you know, um, viewed a little bit bit in in higher regard at that point. You know, I think that there's a lot of bias there. I mean, look, you got the SEC network signed pretty much with ESPN. There's money to be made. You know, you, you take what – if you look at the what, what are so-called the, the weaker teams in the SEC, and if they are, you know, almost beating or if they beat one of the upper teams, they say, well, that just shows you how deep the SEC conference is. And if you turn that same argument in the ACC – if, if one of the lo- what are considered the lower teams of the ACC beat an upper team in the ACC, they show that just shows you how weak the conference is. And I mean, I just don't understand that argument. It's the same exact scenario. You know, you got Boston College beating USC. I mean, you know, there were times when the ACC, when it was like Florida State beat Florida, Georgia Tech beat Georgia. I mean, we, we went four and zero against the SEC, but yet we still don't get that 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 credit. And I and I and I almost, you know, I, I'll talk about it on blue in the face, but I don't know what's going to cause the change. If just everybody, but the if the SEC doesn't win the national title for the next eight years, then maybe that's what has to happen, and we can say the ACC or, or Big Ten or you know, they were saying Big Ten was nothing this year, and then look what Ohio State did. So, yeah, no, hundred percent. I mean, I agree with you. I mean, to be honest with you, I think the best conference this year was the Pac-12. I mean, they they had the most teams that were ranked of that that played against the hardest teams, you know, and, and the Pac-12 really competed, you know, and I think. SEC was second of them, and maybe, you know, Big Ten was third. Um, from what I saw, the ACC, uh, uh, with some power rankings that they did, the ACC was the fifth out of the Power Five conferences. You know, again, I agree with you, there could be some bias there. Um, but I would like to see, you know, the teams kind of step up and, and play the games a little bit, you know, more competitively and, and you know, start to beat up on some of these out-of-conference out of games. But uh, real quick, John, I wanted to get your opinion on the number one draft pick this year coming up for the NFL Mariota just declared. You know, Jameis has been declared. Uh, do you think either one of those guys is going to be taken number one, and who do you think is going to go first between them? Oh, uh, who's got the first pick this year? Um, I I don't know if it's Tennessee um, or Tampa Bay. I don't remember which team has first pick, actually. Okay. Um, you know, it's really hard to tell, man, because a lot of times, the, you know, are they strong enough to take, like, a big offensive lineman, you know, I, I feel like if you look at, you know, look at the Cowboys, what they built with their offensive line and all their first-round picks that is now like three or four years later. I mean, they had, the, you know, DeMarco Murray rushing behind them. So I'd like to think early round they're still going to go if there's big guys are available. I think between the two, I would have to go with Jameis Winston. You know, he he has the attitude problem or the all-field issues, but, but in terms of pure raw talent and an NFL-ready quarterback, 
he's the one. I mean, Mariota is a spread option. He's a great player. But if you look what, you know, in the long down situations, which in the NFL, you're going to face in third and eights, you're going to face in third and tens. He, you know, they didn't really have that production against Ohio State. You know, you want to do the speed option, the trick, you know, all that kind of stuff. But that's not really what in the NFL. You see what I'm saying? You like the, it's the more pocket passers, and I think Jamin Winston's possessed that ability, and he also has the ability to run. So I think in the terms yeah. of two, and I may be wrong, I think he goes above Mariota. Do I think he's the number one overall? Either of those two? No, I don't. Um, you know, but they're definitely both first rounds. You know, but I mean, I think with, with some of the busts last year, including Manziel, you know, I think that these people are more wary about these mobile running quarterbacks, you know, but I think Mariota will do well, but it's just he's got to, you know, come into a better system. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you completely there. And, uh, you know, a lot of Mariota's success was attributed to the system there. So, you know, unless he unless he ends up on the Eagles, I don't see his, his you know, his, I guess, success there you know, uh, making it to the next level there, you know. And um, actually, Tampa Bay has the number one pick, and uh, Tennessee has the number two pick. And I do believe that both of those teams um, are in need of a quarterback. So, yes, it it could definitely be, uh, you know, Winston or Mariota to one of those two teams. I would definitely not be surprised at that point. Uh, because of that, um, you know, both of those guys definitely need something. I mean, I don't think that Charlie Whitehurst and Jake Locker and uh, what's the guy from LSU, um, Mettenberger, are the are the uh, the answer in Tennessee. And you know, in Tampa Bay, who knows what's going on? I mean, Gabe McCown and Josh McCown, and and I mean, it, it's just it's bad over there, you know. So I think that you you want to get a franchise quarterback, and and Jameis Winston might be able to do that. Um, for for one of those programs, and and that would be awesome to see. I, I wouldn't mind seeing Jameis as a Tampa Bay Buccaneer, um, close to home. That would be cool to see. And as long as he doesn't end up on the Jets, that's what that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's that's what I'm hoping for. <laughs> All right, fellas. Well, look, let me run. I'm 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 here with the wife, and I got to get running. So. Um, All right, John. Well, thanks for calling in, man. We appreciate it. Uh, good talking to you, like always. And if you need anything for that neck, let me know, man. Give me a shout, and, and I'll, I'll help you out as much as I can. All right, sounds good. And, Manny, if I don't talk to you before, I'll see you at Worlds. All right, brother. I'll see you in a couple of weeks, man. Thanks for calling in, John. All right, guys. Have a good one. Bye. You too. All right, everybody. I want to thank you for listening to the Hot Corner this week. And we'll be right back on with you next week at 7 on Wednesday night on the Hot Corner.
North Pole Hotline. We've decked the halls for our holiday party. Now we need to get decked out too. Get to Old Navy. Old Navy? Yep, get up to 50% off store-wide now on party-perfect styles like velvet tops and pixie pants. Up to 50% off? It is the season to be jolly. Jeans and sweaters start at just 15 bucks with tops from just 7 bucks. Ooh, we need those styles fa-la-la-la fast. Buy online and pick up in-store for free. And don't forget to redeem your super cash now through Tuesday to save even more. Kids, we're going to Old Navy. Holiday your heart out with up to 50% off store-wide at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid through 12-4, select styles only. Other exclusions apply. See stores for details. North Pole Hotline. We've decked the halls for our holiday party. Now we need to get decked out, too. Get to Old Navy. Old Navy? Yep, get up to 50% off store-wide now on party-perfect styles like velvet tops and pixie pants. Up to 50% off? It is the season to be jolly. Jeans and sweaters start at just 15 bucks with tops from just 7 bucks. Ooh, we need those styles fa-la-la-la fast. Buy online and pick up in store for free. And don't forget to redeem your super cash now through Tuesday to save even more. Kids, we're going to Old Navy. Holiday your heart out with up to 50% off store-wide at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid through 12-4, select styles only. Other exclusions apply. See stores for details.